Hey friends, before we dive into the episode, I've got something for healthcare professionals. Healthcare professionals, if you're locuming or going to locum, navigating it through multiple agents and agencies can be stressful. Back and forth emails and timesheets aren't needed in this era. What if there was an app where you could see the shift, the total pay, the hours and request to book it there and then? Well, there is. Locum's Nest connects healthcare professionals digitally to the NHS staff bank. The app connects already over 50,000 healthcare professionals to vacant work in over 50 NHS trusts and growing. Check it out yourself. That's Locum Nest. Let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In Show. I hope you've all been keeping well. This week we have with us the Wolf of Dentistry. Now I'm sorry, my bad. We have with us Dr. James Martin, who is a fully qualified dentist. And I don't know how to describe it. He's got this passion to teach financial literacy, investing, stocks, crypto, and he's on a mission to help healthcare professionals get educated about finances. It's a massive, massive pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Guys, it's a pleasure to be here. And the wolf of dentistry, I hope that one didn't just stick, but it may well have done. So uh, <laughs> worked on that one, but no big deal. No, but you've pretty much encapsulated me and everything that I do. That's what I enjoy. That's what is my passion. And you know, there's so many dentists and most likely medics, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb mm. today as well, who perhaps maybe get the short straw a little bit when it comes to finance. No, absolutely. definitely absolutely you've done many amazing things you know dental school dentistry dentists to invest you have your own podcast and the theme of this podcast we want to talk about was how do you diversify your career how do you diversify your skill set but you didn't get here overnight you did start many years ago so take us all the way back to the beginning james when you know you're thinking I want to do dentistry. I want to be a dentist. Start from the very beginning and take us up until present day. Do you know what? Thank you so much. And yeah, like all of these things, there is a massive story behind it. And I read something really insightful the other day. And you know, through, this is just a brief tangent before we get into our, well, my mm. story and effectively what happened to me. And what's happened because of Dentistry Invest, like you mentioned before, the Facebook group, the community, and that platform, which allows dentists to educate themselves about finance and money. Because of that, what's happened is I've started running, you know, courses and programs and it, it becomes monetized past a certain point. And hence you become, I don't like this term or this word. I try to avoid it where I can. Entrepreneur, inverted commas. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I it's a bit like, mm, it's a bit stuffy. You know what I mean? But let's use that word for lack of a better one for the moment. And I was mm. reading a book the other day and it was talking about the path of an entrepreneur. And it says the traditional entrepreneur follows a very particular path where they go through pain, they go through a problem in their life, they recover, they fish themselves out of that hole and fish themselves out of that problem. And then they become so obsessed with the process that they, their whole being just wants to help everybody else who they feel is in this perceived pain or this position that they were in before. And that absolutely mm. consumes them. And that's what gives them the flipping 11 out of 10 energy you need to be someone who's an entrepreneur. Because you guys will know, it's not like having a nine to five job. It never stopped, you know? It is, it's true, it's true. <laughs> Bro, there's two things in life, right? There's things that take energy and there's things that give you energy, okay? And to be uh, inverted commas entrepreneur, right? That's the last time we're gonna use that word. We're, we're gonna try our best not to use the word from that point mm -hmm. forward. But to be that person, you have to find the thing that gives you energy. That's a non-negotiable. Whatever that thing is, it has to be something that gives you energy because that's how you're gonna have the 11 out of 10 get up and go so that you can do it for 18 hours a day and feel like sleep is an encumbrance because you just wanna get up and flip and do it again. And yeah. you don't even wanna have to sleep yeah. in the first place. You know what I mean? Be with me. <laughs> exactly. You try to minimize your sleep, but your body will just <laughs> say, no, you actually do need to sleep. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> Have you done that? It's like 4 a.m. You're like, I should sleep because I need the next it day happened to last work. Week, <laughs> when I was like, I had a long day at work, but the whole night I'm just thinking, how do we do this? How do we get this person on board? What plays are we making? What strategy? And like the whole night I was just thinking about that, sending you a message <laughs> at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. Our developers like, you lot do not have a sleep cycle. You lot are crazy. <laughs> but I exactly know what you mean, James. Yeah. 100%. Whereas the opposite is you're looking forwards to go to bed so you can maybe spend yeah. as much mm -hmm. time in there as possible. But I'm like, no, oh, I'm like, oh God, I have to go to sleep now because I just want to keep doing this. I want to keep going. I want yeah. to keep mm -hmm. growing the platform or helping people or creating content or whatever. But anyway, back to my story. So basically this started about... 
five years ago, 2017. Yeah, 20, end of 2017, mm -hmm. beginning of 2018. And for anybody who's listening, probably most people have heard of Bitcoin by now, but this was the peak yeah. of the last Bitcoin bubble when the price was just shooting up, rocketing really high. And it got to that point where you know the bubble's almost about to pop because mom and dad, granddad and granny are coming to yeah. me and they're asking you, how, what is Bitcoin and how can I get some? And that's how you know it's probably hit peak mass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever heard that saying that it's a good time to sell on Wall Street when your taxi driver starts asking you about stock? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw an ad somewhere that said, once you know everyone's talking about it, you're too late. Because yeah. you know the saying in Bitcoin is, we're still early, we're still early. When it's like, <laughs> if there's an ad there on the tube, on tier four buses, you're a bit late to the party. Um, so yeah, I totally understand. Legit, biggest red flag of all time, okay? So mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about finance. This is before I'd even opened a book on finance. I knew the first thing about it, okay? But mm -hmm. I knew that it was in a bubble from my limited knowledge, right? So I mm -hmm. thought, okay, I'm going to wait till the bubble pops and then I'm going to swoop. But the problem was I had no idea how long it took a bubble to pop. And I just thought... Yeah. Okay, now for anybody who's listening <laughs> to the recording, okay, they can't see me. What I just did was I licked my finger and I put it in the air, just like what you would do when you test where the wind is blowing, i.e. a guesstimate, okay? I had no idea. And mm. I thought, eh, maybe about two months, I guess. I really don't know why to this day I just pulled that number out of the air, but anyway, I did, okay? Mm. So about two mm. months later into 2018, um, the price did inevitably pop. And for anybody who remembers, February 2018, usually when Bitcoin ends one of its cycles it takes about a year to reset if you look at the historic mm. data on the chart but like i say i yeah. was i'd only waited two months and i thought now's my time to swoop so i jumped in okay i bought some bitcoin and i mm -hmm. thought here we go time to get rich okay <laughs> but yeah obviously what happened next was it continued to go down in value and that happened that process continued for about six nine months after i bought roughly six mm. nine months and i thought to myself James, it's so clear that you're totally inept at this. It's so clear that you're really bad at it, that mm -hmm. you must need to improve your knowledge or you must need to improve your skill. There's something missing, right? So then I thought, mm. okay, <clears throat> well, there must be somebody somewhere who can do this really well and knows what they're doing. So what's the barrier between me and those people? So I thought, okay, let me start reading and see what I can find out. So I started reading loads of books on crypto. And then when you mm. read books on crypto you begin to realize past a certain point that actually because crypto is an evolution of money you know that's mm. the real purpose of crypto it's meant to be an improvement on money for anybody who doesn't know yeah, we can get yeah. into that later as to why but let's just accept that for the time being as a premise effectively mm. so when you understand that you think to yourself okay i need to learn more about how money works in order to understand crypto okay mm. and then that's yeah. where i went a layer deeper and i thought all right let me start from the start let me learn about all of this stuff and then we'll go from there and that will improve my crypto knowledge. So mm. as that happens, as that was the case, you know, over the, the next few years, just went on this deep dive into money, into finance, into trading, mm. into investing, all of those things. Mm. And I began to get better. I began to realize that if you're super conservative and you play things in the right way, that you can mm. pretty consistently make money if you have one thing. And that thing is the P word, which is patience. All right, because when you yeah. know that for real, for real though, big time, if you know you're buying the right asset, right, money only ever goes mm. down in value. And because money, because money ever only goes down in value, effectively, the unit by which you're measuring the value of the asset becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and worth, not worthless, but worth less with time. Mm. Yeah. And mm. guess what? That value, the value of that asset is going to appear mm. to go up. Mm. James, a question here. So this is all as a dentist, isn't it? You've qualified at this point. You're a dentist who's now exploring, right? Thank you for jumping in just to establish mm. that because I did forget to mention that. So 2016, I qualified as a dentist. Yes. And this was yeah. simultaneously to my dental yeah. career. Okay. okay. This was pre-dentist who invest. This was just mm. one man, a big pack, a pile of books. <laughs> you know, just, 
really getting into it, you know, and this is when I had no commitments, you know, as a young associate dentist, I think it was single mm. at the time, which probably helped things a lot. As well. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen if you've got a partner or, you, you know, you're going to have to at least devote some time to them, understandably. Absolutely. So I didn't have that hindrance at the time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it meant that I could read a lot more. Do you know what I mean? Uh, which, which was fortunate, I suppose, at the time. Um, but anyway, mm. Mm. so back to what we were saying. Yes, this was simultaneous to my dental career. So I was working as a dentist, did my nine to five, come home, came home. I read about finance and I read about dentistry as well because I used to love reading about dentistry too. And I just wanted to be the best at both of those things. And I really loved what, reading. What made you tick though? So my question is, I want to get inside your mind here. Why not just be a dentist, show up to work, take your money after work, go to chill out, go to the cinema, go to the pub, go to wherever you like, just spend the cash that you got. What made you say, you know what? I'm going to spend nine to five at work and then five to nine, basically studying, learning about something, diving deep into something that you're sitting there, and you're learning, you're, you're exploring more things that require more work, essentially. Why the hell do that? Why do that? Yeah. What makes you do that? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I had enough time to have a social life and things like that as well. But I did, mm -hmm. I, did I suppose where, where one would maybe normally watch a couple of hours of Netflix, I would read in the evening. Mm. And it was it was mm. just swapping those time that time for things that I felt were more productive or things that I felt that were gonna was gonna grow me more and being more disciplined about that. And here's the thing: I always knew, I always knew, even from my limited knowledge of finance, that there's only so far that you can get exchanging time for money. And the people who yeah. become really wealthy consistently via history understand how to invest. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to do it. But the the thing about it is, here's the thing about gaining knowledge: it's more expedited if there's a structure to gaining that knowledge okay because what you'll mm. often find is if you try to do it on your own you'll read a book that is maybe so high level that it's of very limited use to you or you'll read a book that's you think it's about a certain subject but it's totally irrelevant you know what i mean mm -hmm. it, for me personally i did a lot of blundering around on my own before i realized what were the best things to read and where to start and where to begin learning you know but yeah like i say because time was I wasn't overly stressed for time at that point in my life. Then what it meant was mm -hmm. that I had the time to do that. But here's the thing, and this is a real stumbling block for dentists and doctors. The further you progress in your career, the less time you have. Because guess what? Your partner comes along, kids come along, your work yeah. get bigger, right? We have 168 hours in a week, okay? Now, at the time, I maybe had like, I don't know, set, you know, I worked 40 hours a week. So what, do the math, mm -hmm. I had 128 left over, okay? 20 or yeah. so, yeah. But, if you've got a kids, if you've got a partner, a spouse, whatever, if you've got other business interests, then that 168 hours, by the time you talk about dentistry and flipping medicine on all of those <laughs> things, right? Guess what? That 168 hours becomes like three hours, okay? And then yeah. you have to sleep, okay? You have to eat. That, you have to sleep and eat in that. Yeah. I know. That's, so you've got 20 minutes that's after so that. That's so true because yeah, you just real. described our lives because... <laughs> We're married, newborns, like it, it knocks you off your head, no matter how much mm. energy you have. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats to yeah. you. No, thank you. You'll empathize, right? No, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I think bouncing off what you said, the biggest, biggest advice I give to medics is start your side hustles, start your skill acquisition and whatever you want to do well before you even graduate. Because mm. as soon as you graduate, as soon as you enter the world of work with real responsibilities and you're getting a pay slip and a check, it, you will struggle. And what I've noticed is the ones that start before graduating, they stay a bit more committed. They're a bit more accountable. Mm -hmm. Whereas the notion of I'm going to start when I graduate, I'm going to start once I've done my foundation training, I'm going to start when I'm a consultant. It never really happens. Things never just catch it. up with you in life and you literally echoed the same thing. And can I say one tiny thing on that before we move on? Mm. Another reason why the sooner you start, the better. Have you guys heard of compounding and investing? Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Do you think I should explain compounding or is that something? Absolutely. That tell our audience. Yeah. Tell, tell our audience. I'll, I'll explain it super concisely. Okay. Just in case there's anybody out here, out there who doesn't understand how it relates to what I'm about to talk about. In a nutshell, the more effort that you put in and the earlier you do it, the more you reap the rewards of that knowledge or effort or even your investments as well. And also it doesn't grow linearly with time. 
it grows exponentially with time. Okay. Mm. So mm. to put that in, I can put that really, really quickly into numbers. Okay. For people who are listening, yeah. right? Yeah. If you put 20,000 pounds in a stocks and shares asset and you do that for 20 years, you do that every year for 20 years and it compounds at a rate of 12% a year. Okay. You don't have mm. 400,000 pounds after 20 years, which is 20 times 20,000. Okay. You have yeah. 1.7 million. Okay. Crazy. But, but Th- those maths didn't add up for the medics and the dentists right now, man. I'm like, yeah. mind blown. <laughs> Bro, those maths don't math from the outside looking in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> here's the mad part, right? You know, the last five years, they're, mm. they're the point in which you gain the million, right? You only have 700,000 until year 15. Mm, oh, wow. Mm, mm. Okay. Crazy. Literally. That's- no wonder they say compounding is the, is the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, that's an Einstein <laughs> quote. That's Einstein's quote, you know? Yeah, yeah. but it, it really is. How we got onto compounding, right? Even though that mm. appeared to be purely related to finance, guess what else compounds? Knowledge. Mm. It's those tiny little tweaks towards the end that give you exponential returns. Knowledge and effort in your side hustle. So, so on that point, James, actually, how knowledge compounds, right? Then tell me how dentistry you being a dentist and then you just having a little bit of interest in reading about finances and crypto how does that suddenly turn into today i've noticed you've got a pro, uh, you've got a what do you call it a project nft out there you've got courses out there you've got the the podcast where have all of these things popped out from because they were never there they were never there when you graduated how have they come about? And that's a brilliant question. And you know what, right? We went on a slight tangent there. Let's revert back mm. to the story and then that'll become mm. clear. But no, you're absolutely right. And those, those are things are t- I'll touch upon. They'll make more sense mm-hmm. in context. But that's my fault. I pulled us off topic there with the compounding thing. So anyway, back to what I was saying. But you know, it's, it's, mm. a, nice, it's a nice flow to a podcast, isn't it? Though where we can just pick little things out, talk about them and then jump back in. Absolutely. Because, that's cool, man. No, I like that. So anyway, where were we? Yeah, so... Crypto, oh yeah, learning about finance, loved it, got really involved with it, all right? Now, about a year after that, a year, I was playing football. I was playing football in Sheffield, and I was I managed to have a really bad football injury. Someone kicked mm-hmm. me from the side, and I tore my ACL. And if anybody, you guys are doctors, you know about ACL, <laughs> yeah? Oh my goodness, <laughs> those things are- Career's weird. over. Bro, for real, like James, were you gonna become a, a pro footballer? But you had the knee injury. Yeah, the so knee injury. Pro footballer. Hey, that excuse. That's the line he drops. I'm, I'm still, I'm still holding my breath a little bit. You never know. I'm 30 now, but hey, you never know. He might come knocking in the next few years. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up hope just yet. But we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, so that happened, and then that was a year before coronavirus. So yeah, that was 2019. Yeah, um, mm. and then. I was, yeah, but a year later, I got word that I could go for surgery for my knee and it was delayed because of coronavirus and everything else. And yeah, still used, I used coronavirus to read even more about finance. I actually stopped reading about dentistry over coronavirus because I thought, James, what if dentistry is so dissimilar from any of these books that are written right now mm. that they've only got limit, limited application? Plus, I'd already read like loads of books on dentistry at that point. I felt like I was... Whilst you, that doesn't mean you should ever stop reading or stop learning, but what it does mean is mm. that there's only so many books you can read before you just go and apply it, which I couldn't at the time because I was stuck in my house for about three months. Yeah, and that was also mm. when the markets were popping. If anybody remembers, because yeah, the mm. coronavirus crash. When something goes really low, it can basically only go up, and then you'll always make money as an investor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Mm-mm. anyway, that happened. Got even more into crypto, and then I went back to work. For about three weeks before i heard that i could have surgery like really short notice like next week yeah so then i mm-hmm. went to this practice i didn't actually really particularly like the practice that i was working in at the time i didn't really like the guy who owned it i didn't really trust him and um yeah it's a long story but anyway so i kind of needed an excuse to leave um and i was i was clinging on to certainty the only thing that was making me stay was my was myself but all my friends were like, James, you need to leave this place. Like, even my dad was like, you need to go. Like, this is it's not on. It's not good. Mm-hmm. So then what happened was I went to have my surgery. And the 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 surgeon, he said, uh, okay, they give me this little piece of like a leaflet. And then it said all of the amounts of time that you should spend off work depending on what occupation you did, right? So it was like 
zero to two weeks, everybody needs to not go back to work after surgery. Mm. Can't go back in mm. sooner than two weeks. And then it was like stationary job where you sit on a desk all day and it said you can go back after two to four weeks. And then it was active job four to six weeks. I can't remember, something like that. And then mm-hmm. I looked at it and I thought, I'm probably going to recover in like one week. I had this like unbelievable sense <laughs> of invincibility that young men tend to have. Yeah. And that was, I hadn't yet realized my own mortality or the, the true extents of it at that point. So I thought, yeah, it's not really, I guess I'll take two weeks if I have to, because this leaflet says, you know, I should do it, mm-hmm. but really I should have taken longer. So I went back to work after two weeks. And it was just not happening. Like my knee was swelling up even more. Um, I went to that practice. I don't even think they valued the fact that I'd came back after two weeks, you know, to work for them earlier than expected. And I basically had this epiphany and I thought, you know, James, you're actually sacrificing your long-term health here to do something, to work Mm -hmm. with some people that you don't like or don't, you know, you don't really respect. It's not really sensible, is it? So then to cut a long story short, I left that practice very abruptly Uh, That's another story for another day. And then what happened was I found myself with a prolonged period of time out of work because I needed to give myself more time to recover because I'd obviously been putting too much weight on my knee. So I thought, okay, Mm. you've got nothing to do now. Just spend this time investing in yourself, you know, learning more about money, whatever. So then about two weeks in, I thought, okay, you've got nothing to do. Why don't you start a Facebook group? Because you know that there's other dentists out there who are into investing, who are into crypto into all of these things so why don't you start it and see if other people will join it because they have no place to congregate at least in the uk they don't yeah so then basically i started this group other people started joining it it started growing and growing and growing and then basically it got to the point where it was i could see a lot of people who were joining it okay so it's called dentists who invest community group for dentists who enjoy trading okay specifically Mm. trading but when people hear the word Mm. trading their ears perk up all right. And then they think, oh, yeah, how, can yeah. I, how can I learn how to trade? But trading is quite a refined thing to do. It's, you need to have a lot of baseline knowledge before you can even attempt it, mm. at least if you want to mm. have a shot at doing well. Because in likelihood, the path of most traders, the path of most investors is they lose money at the start until they learn what they're doing effectively. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. People would join this group and they'd have such fundamental questions on investing that I thought, I can see myself in you. Like I can see that yeah. you're going to, this is not going to end well, unless you understand this, this, and this first. And then I realized yeah. that actually, before we even talked about trading, we needed to have some sort of wider platform to educate people on financial literacy, first yeah. of all. And then, yeah, that's how it became what it is. It became Dentist Who Invest. It's still going strong 18 mm. months later. Was on, it's on 7,000 members now, which uh, I'm, yeah, oh, wow. stand and start from zero, which was all that time ago. I went back to dentistry for uh, a few months after that. I went back to dentistry for about six months, but I think it's fair to say my heart was just not really in it um, because mm-hmm. I was just having so much fun running Dentist Who Invest, running yeah, programs, yeah. running the platform. You know, the, the best thing is you literally don't know what's about to happen every single day. You don't know who's about to reach out to you. You don't know which. Yeah. Mm. You know, sometimes, well, not unusually, some famous people will reach out to you because they want to appear on your platform or they want to talk about things that we had Mark Zuckerberg's dad on the podcast not that long ago, which is absolutely mental. That was like a real pinch myself moment. But he's a dentist. Incredible. Yeah. Can we just make that clear again? It's Mark Zuckerberg's dad for <laughs> everyone that was listening. Carry on, James. <laughs> absolutely crackers. And you know, that all came from someone sending me an email saying, Hey, I know Mark Zuckerberg's dad. If you want another podcast guest. And I was like, hell yeah. Mark Zuckerberg's dad. One <laughs> yeah. No. And then go on. Sorry. And then, um, it, I just remembered what you said. Cause obviously we spoke when you were recording him and it was, you believe, or like the reason why it happened was because you put out so much value out there. You love giving value to other people. So can you just touch on that, James, before we kind of move on? One million percent. Do you know what? That was pretty much the conclusion of the story anyway. And then I think that we were saying Mm. about how did the courses evolve and the NFTs and things like that. Mm. Here's the Mm. thing. And here here is the beauty of creating a platform or a side hustle or a business. If you start, all these possible permutations come further down the line. But the key yeah. thing to understand is just flip and get the thing started because you don't know how it's going to yeah. grow and evolve. And nobody has a crystal mm-hmm. ball. 
no, not even the best business strategist in the world can ever predict where it might end up. But the thing about it is, mm. if you have it, then the door is open for all of that stuff to happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think mm, one of the big things we say is once you're out there, you're so exposed. Exposure increases content, podcasting, and the amount of opportunities that come your way are second to none compared to someone else that isn't out there, that doesn't have a personal brand, that doesn't have a social media presence. And here's the thing, just going back to what you were saying two seconds ago about the value thing, okay? Mm-hmm. What else compounds apart from knowledge and apart from money? Followings. Yeah. They compound uh, too. Yes. Right, because they grow it up eventually towards the end, right? You know, which is another yeah. really mm-hmm. best way of looking at it. And then, yeah, just the value thing, what you just said two minutes ago, okay? Here's what I see lots of people do wrong, okay? They create a platform... And then they just think that it's about, you know, the people will come to them or they can go in with a sell or something on there super mm-hmm. quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you change your mindset to one that is of pure altruism and you want to make your platform about giving as much as you can. Okay. Mm-hmm. By doing it that way around. Okay. Yeah. And then see what mm-hmm. flipping comes to you because I guarantee you, the more you give, the more you get in return. No. Yeah. I think um, there's Absolutely. truth to that. And, there's two examples where it's we started the scrubbed in podcast purely as a passion project never wanted to monetize it it was one of the things we said we're never going to monetize it we're never going to get sponsors um we're not going to do any of that money stuff right and it's to share our journey inspire people lots of people that come from a similar background and it took years to grow it out but because we never attached any sort of monetary gain to it we never attached certain numbers and metrics to it we're mm-hmm. here now and Obviously, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll realize it was a sponsored episode, right? But that came after many, many years. And then on the flip side, I created businesses chasing money per se, like purely like, I'm going to do this. These are the margins. I'm going to make X amount. And it never worked. It never grew. Like it struggled. Mm -hmm. So I do agree. Give value and all of that stuff comes later with it naturally. Yeah, 100%. And you know the thing about sponsorship or the thing about anything along those lines, right? I'll only ever let them on my platform if I actually feel like their values are aligned with mine and I've personally vetted mm, each and every exactly. one, okay? Because it's really, exactly. you know what, right? You know, when I was just starting out and when you guys are probably just starting out as well, you probably hear yourself in these words, right? I didn't have a clue. Mm. You know, I just started a Facebook group. I didn't know any of this, you know, <laughs> strategy or anything like that. I started reading books on growing a following later, mm. but I didn't actually know what I was doing or why it was working. But I kind of look back on it now and I'm like, oh, that's what I did without even realizing it. But I always made it about pure value, at least at the start. That's the one. I think that's the biggest golden rule, actually, right there. No, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, they always say that startups, whatever it is, just give value, just give value, keep giving it. And then Mm -hmm. there'll be a day when things flip, like things will start to work in your favor. Mm -hmm. But it's that bit of consistency in keeping going. Look at the numbers you had when you first started your pod. Mm. you know the one downloads i remember there were weeks where we only had 30 people downloading a podcast and i know you're not supposed to look at the numbers right and you're thinking <laughs> man do you know what it's nice to have someone at least downloading it and then someone gave me a good example i'm said like on youtube if you have 100 views it's like you went and gave a lecture and 100 people turn up to a lecture like social media warps followers and audience and metrics but it's just turning up every day man you only fail when you give up I, I, and yeah that okay and as well as that right you know just what you were saying two seconds ago like it's easy to look at what's what's that medic called ali abdal isn't that his name? yeah yeah, and yeah that's his name 10 trillion followers i don't know something ridiculous right you know yeah. what i mean yeah and i feel like it's really easy to look at people like that and then when you start your own podcast or following or something that you almost think to yourself hurry up you know what i mean i'm tapping my wrist <laughs> right here you know yeah. and like why mm. haven't i got i've been doing this for three weeks now where's my million followers you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah 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 but that's so skewed like let's take a step back from that from two seconds okay one million is a ludicrous number of people that is a totally mm. ludicrous number of people okay let's reframe mm-hmm. it Let's make it more real. Let's make it more tangible, accessible, and possible to achieve. And also, by the way, the ROI doesn't come when you hit 1 million followers. The ROI comes when you hit, like, honestly, like within the first 50 to 100, because people will get to know you and opportunities will come your way just because you're giving value. 
one million percent. Agreed. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. Gary V has a great saying, and I actually I kind of half agree with this. Okay. And he says that when you have your first ten thousand, you've got enough to make a side hustle there that sustains you. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I I actually I like that, but I think it's less than that personally. You know, I, I really mm-hmm. do think that that happens sooner than most people might think. And the thing about it is, mm-hmm. even if it's just say you're earning, say I don't know what you're doing, say you're earning like, you know, 20, 30,000 pounds a year, which maybe like an, you know, your average wage, you know, and the, I think mm-hmm. the UK's mm-hmm. average wage is like 24, you know? So yeah, I think it's gone up now. It's 30, 30, 30, now. 30 Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's yeah. say you're doing that, but you're doing something you genuinely love and helping people and creating awesome mm-hmm. content then isn't that way more fun when it's your side hustle 100%. versus yeah. versus working for somebody else, doing something that mm. you might not necessarily enjoy? Fair enough if you do. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing I want to drill down into, right? As long as mm. it's fun, right, you're never losing at any point, okay? As long as yeah, you're having absolutely. fun, picking up that microphone and talking about something that you love, then how mm, is that mm. ever a waste of time? You know what I mean? But the thing is, it'll only ever grow unless you start and the best thing is you're having fun the whole damn time because you're talking about something that you like. Boom. No, Absolutely. Course. James, I've got a question for you here now. So talking about sort of passion projects, side hustles and things like that. Um, do you think it's a little bit of a, a taboo though when it comes to medics and dentists talking about the concept of money and then monetizing things? A, what, is there a taboo? And B, what point do you think they, sh- they should start thinking, all right, I, I can start earning from this. And let's be honest, everyone's got rent. Everyone's got food to put in their mouths, right? So when does that point come when you're saying, you know what, this passion project needs to bring in money because otherwise how can I move into it? Um, what's your view on that? It's a, great, it's a great question. And people ask me that all the time because it's such a intangible point. You know, when is the right mm. time? When is it a good time? And the, the answer will always be, it's always going to be a little bit of a, courses for courses thing there's always going to be a little bit of discretion there but i have some good mm. rules of thumb which i will give you in just ah, a moment. come on let's hear them yeah and these are things that, <laughs> these are things that happened to me and these were things that said to me you know james maybe now is the time you know what i mean mm. or maybe james now is the time to think about yeah we'll just well how you can there's some maybe some kickback from the platform that you can use to grow it further because past a certain point what you'll find is it takes all of your time like all that's it you know that's the thing right so first thing to answer your question on the taboo money thing uh yeah i 100 percent think that i i feel like that i i can't speak for medics uh as as well as i can for dentists but with dentists Mm. definitely i feel like they don't talk about money as much as they should and even if it's just things like a lot of dentists won't a lot of the quickest way a dentist can save money okay is if they get a good Mm. accountant all right but lots of accountants Mm. are just out there they'll just tick the boxes and do their income tax every year but they'll never have a discussion with you and say do you know if you do this this and this you can do it better you know what i mean yeah and i don't know why that is i don't know if it's there's probably a little bit of the dentist maybe won't go there as well, or maybe the accountant won't go there too, but that's one example mm. that I can think of. Or maybe people yeah. hanging back a little bit on just quite how well they're doing. There's definitely a taboo. I definitely think people could be much more open about it, but do it from a point of view that they genuinely, they want to share their information so that they can do better. They can succeed more, okay? And then mm. also help other dentists succeed more. So it's all about intention, I suppose, yeah? Yeah. Second thing, now I'd be interested to hear what you guys say in this one because here's my rules of thumb. All right. So for Mm. me, here's the thing: you'll get a lot of people as your platform grows and grows. Right. This the the first thing to remember is that the more eyes you have, it's always going to be a business at some point because attention Mm. equals currency. Yeah. That's Mm, the mm. fundamental rule of the flipping internet: attention equals currency. Because advertising, there's a advertising. There's a whole industry that just pays for attention. Okay. I think they said mm-hmm. um, advertising has the biggest returns on investment. Yeah. In terms of assets, you know, real estate, stock yeah. shares, advertising is one of the biggest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No. So yeah, absolutely agree with that point. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? So there's there's a hint right there. Okay. Attention mm. will always equal currency. It's why it's why TikTokers and YouTubers and everybody's so obsessed with getting so many views because they know that that yeah. equals money at some point. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, mm, but here's yeah. the second part to that sentence, right? Your reputation is your leverage for that currency. Mm. So the more people like and know and trust you, the more you can harness that attention and the more monetizable mm. it is. Okay. Yes. But the thing about it is that's, that's a power and you have to do it responsibly. And I think mm. for me that the, the second your intention comes, becomes anything else than genuinely wanting to see people on your platform do well, then mm. at that point, that's when you begin to lose that leverage 100%. So you have to be very careful. And, uh, yeah. Gary V has a good, I love Gary V. I listen to a lot of his stuff. Gary V has a saying, okay, jab, 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 right hook. Have you heard that before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what he yeah. is give, yeah. give, give value. And then if anybody wants to have even more value or have it in a structured way, then you can ask at that point, guys, do you want to come to the next level with me? Buy my course, buy this, buy that, whatever. You know what I mean? But no. it's only ever an ask. It's never a demand. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah yeah yep yep but the rules of thumb which you did ask me about first of all i want to make a distinction because there will be people that come to you at some point as the journey's progressing and they'll say like oh you know you've got a few followers now um i've got this really cool thing is it all right if i talk about my product on your platform and by and large those are not things you want to participate in because you'll be losing some of your credibility on that platform every time mm. you do that. So those are people that you generally want to say, uh, now nah, is not the time to, you know? So, so how, how, how would you say that? So obviously the way it works is in the beginning of the podcast, no one wants to come on. <laughs> then you get to a point where everyone wants to come on and they get these dips and things and then you get PRs and you know, lots of different people have come on for very a variety of reasons, right? For anyone starting out, you know, their own podcast or a YouTube channel and you have people kind of aggressively saying, I want to come on. I've got an amazing story. I've got an amazing product service. How is a nice way of saying to protect what you said is your reputation, your leverage? I love that. And here's the first thing, you know, for me, I will never burn a bridge, like never, ever, ever, ever. And that's a good philosophy mm. for life and for business, you know, and that's mm. because you have no idea your paths have coincided with that particular person at this point, the shoe doesn't fit. It doesn't work right now. And that's cool. And you mm. know what? It's not about saying no, never contact me again. What it is about saying is, oh, at this point, I don't feel that that's right for the platform. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. when you say something like that, if they're a reasonable person, they'll say it back to you. I totally understand. Now, not yes. everyone will react like that, but if they do, then that's their problem at that point. But yeah. you'll find that those mm -hmm. people are few and far between. Okay. But if anybody does, then those are people that it's obviously not going to be conducive to continue talking to. So those are the people that I would, that's not going to work effectively. Yeah. But it's that's very true. rare that you have to do that. Okay. And for me, it's, it's mm. seriously, like I'm all about the love. I, I genuinely think mm. that, you know, the more we work together, everybody on this earth mm. inside and outside of our platforms and whatever we do, then I feel like mm. there's the more opportunities for everybody. I, I genuinely believe the world's abundant. So for me, I'll always keep the door open personally. So that's how yeah. I would, that's how I would say no. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. There have been times where I've said not, not so abruptly, no, but in the manner that I have, you know, in a more roundabout way, it's basically not for now. Yeah. And then it yeah. does, it does turn out that something else does happen further down the line and that door is still open. You know what I mean? No, definitely. I, I feel on the pod, you know, here's the thing, right? What you'll find, especially in what I do finance, you'll find that some people come on the podcast and a lot of them have businesses or their FAs and things yeah. like that. Now, the first thing mm -hmm. for me is I need to know if they're actually reputable, you know, so that one, the information is good on the content and two, then anybody who does get in touch with them through the content, through my group, that they're able to serve those people and actually do a good job for them. And I don't really yeah. like, I never take commission on that. That's just my policy. Mm -hmm. I just, I mm. can't be, I feel like it's, I feel like it colors the platform a little bit and I don't want that. If somebody gets, yeah. if somebody gets a lead um, and I know they're good, I'm, I'm actually happy if that happens yeah, no, yeah. Definitely. for them because they're maybe better than what that person has already, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So what you'll find is that people will naturally want to mention where people can find them. Should they want more information or should they want more tailored advice? Mm, mm. That's, that's part and parcel. I mean, you're going to get that a little bit at the end of the podcast, 
but when it which is, which is fine that's totally okay because they will expect something in return for appearing but no. i'll never i never want to make the whole thing about about them talking about their business that's not really yeah. good content it's not value content it's more of a sales pitch mm. yeah and i'll exactly. never yeah. i'll personally will never accept money for that and i feel like it's a very mm. easy thing to do because what you'll notice is as soon as you accept money from someone they actually have a little bit of leverage over you where they might say to you, Mm. actually, I want to talk about this more and more on the podcast. And I'm like, I don't want anybody to be able to color the content like that. No, definitely. I agree. Even with business, like I'm always mindful. As soon as you start charging people for a certain service, there's an expectation over you to deliver or Mm. you need to be of a certain standard. So don't, especially when you're starting out, like, perfect your trade know what you're doing first and foremost before you're charging it doesn't it can be a thousand pounds it can be a pound but as soon as someone is exchanging currency or money the 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 expectations change right yeah which i'm sure you know about so very very mindful people that are out there listening you owe them something you can't just (laughs) you can't just take the money and be like oh thanks very much and put it in your pocket you know like at that point it becomes your duty for them to get some sort of ROI from your platform, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't ever want someone who has that leverage on you to be able to, for you to have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position to do that. Yeah. That's the best way. Okay. To do it. No, absolutely. <laughs> so James, how does the podcast then turn into NFT? By the way, love the name. Um, where has that come from? And I've seen the project again. It's all about delivering value. Um, and I love the concept, but tell our audience, about it because we do have now um dentists as a as part of our audience so um give them some insight absolutely man so yeah going back to what we were saying earlier the power of doing all right just Mm. it was just something that never would have came about if i didn't have a group or a following in the first place and i thought okay i see these things nft i see these things called nft sorry i think they're Mm. really cool i think that they've got utility I listen mm. to a lot of Guy V, as I said before. He is big into his NFTs. I've been listening to mm. a lot of his content about how mm. you're going to create an NFT community, how to do it properly, and not just make it 50 JPEGs that are a cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, or just yeah, yeah. selling people tat effectively and then not giving one single toss about the person that you're selling it to. Yeah. And that's, mm. that's where the perceptions of NFT is not great at the minute that's part of why they've got a bit of a pr issue you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely actually if you're going to do it properly and make it about the community and make it valuable to the opposite person then Mm. that's how you should create an nft project make it about the community of people as well but it, it it's having a following is a huge enabler to that all right yeah because you need mm. a network basically if you're going to commit create a community the clues in the name right you need a network yeah. of people yeah. okay well, you can Absolutely. either go to all your mates but because you know realistically human beings or social circles are only going to be so big in the real yeah. world mm. you know what i mean Mm-mm. whereas Absolutely. when you have a following that's totally just magnified to a possibly crazy amount depending on how many people you have following you yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I saw them and i thought you know what again going back to what i was saying the more you give to the community the more the more attractive it is the more awesome it is the more participation you have and i thought how can we make yeah. this even more engaging for the dentist who invest members and do something cool and make dentists who invest a bit somewhere which has a bit of a name for itself in the nft world and i thought let yeah. make mm-hmm. nf teeth okay non-fungible that's so cool <laughs> and that, was, that is crazy love the name i love the name oh thanks you know what i can't even claim it was my own it was actually someone else's as much as oh. i have to be fully upfront about that one but i would love to be able to say that but i think you know mm-hmm. that was a little carrot dangling there for someone to take someone in the dental world nft mm. you know what i mean no yeah i, I think it's cool like, <laughs> it's very quirky and i think in a world where like you said, attention is currency, but attention at the same time is very limited. We're all fighting for people's attention, right? Mm. So the little stuff like that make a difference. You know, having only 32 set pieces makes a difference. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I love what you've done with it. And th- the way, so what I've seen in successful people and you read about them and you kind of see what makes them successful is despite you having the Facebook group, the courses, the podcast, your mission, your purpose is still the same. 
It's mm. just other avenues fueling that, leading to it, right? It's complementary stuff. Uh, what would you say? So this is advice that we get sometimes. Should you work on one thing properly and grow it out? Or what are your thoughts on working on two or three different things? You know you, you know what I'm asking you about. What, what's your stance on it? I love this question. I love this question. You quite often hear mm. it from people who are beginning or people, mm-hmm. you know, they have a project, right? And then they're thinking, okay, do I diversify? Do I keep going on this one? Okay. And here's, mm-hmm. here's what I would say. I would say take 80 to 90% of your energy and focus it into one thing at the start. Okay. Mm-hmm. When that thing becomes a viable entity, now how that viable entity looks for different people will always be different things. But say if your goal is to make a business, at which point does mm-hmm. it sustain itself? At which point does it sustain you? Then it's a viable yeah. entity. Yeah. Then for me, it's a viable entity. You know what I mean? For a charity, it might be something different. Or maybe your goal yeah. is to not monetize, whatever you think. You know what I mean? Say, mm-hmm. say your goal is to just to purely to get uh, a Facebook group or a following or something like that. You know, at which point could you not pay attention to it for about a week and people would still post on it and use it loads? Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then at that point, it's yeah. own being, you know, and naturally. I think sometimes you can tell, yeah. Sorry, mate. Were, we, were you going to we finish there? Yeah, no, I'll let you continue. Yeah. Well, all I was going to say was it's a bit like, you know, when you're in a windmill, all right, and you've got the millstone, right? And it takes loads of energy to keep it going, get it up and running, right? But then because it, it's such mm. this big old thing, right? That it continues to spin even when you stop but every once in a while you just have to give it a little bit of a push like that that's the analogy yeah, that yeah. i love right and i feel like it's counterproductive to spread yourself too thin before it gets to that stage because anybody who's mm. ever created something like that knows that it takes an immense ridiculous borderline inhuman amount of energy to get it off the ground you, you have yeah. to be obsessed you really you really do definitely you know? and i think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people like ideas are very different to projects, and then projects become very different to when you have a bit of a following, a bit of a customer. And I think you can think of a million ideas and you can go to a million meetings, right? You're not physically doing anything. And then you're creating a website, but it's not live yet. So you can go to five different meetings for five different websites. And then it's like having your feet on different ships, right? As the ship sets off the harbor, it gets further and further apart, and you're just going to snap in two. And I think what I say is just, uh, I'm actually talking about this. I used to be someone that used to do everything under the sun. Like you name it, I've probably done it, been involved in it. Check mm-hmm. company's house, you're gonna see like a million different projects from my end, right? But once you realise that you need to just go ham on one, just go crazy, obsessed with it, then can you start then diversifying later on down the line? I've got a sign bite on that one. Are you gonna like? Okay. Yeah, you things that lead to success. Okay. Ideas multiplied by execution. Okay. So you can have one idea multiplied by zero execution. What's one multiplied by zero is zero. 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 Right? Yeah. Okay. You can have zero ideas, but a whole lot of execution because maybe you're working for someone else, right? Then success, it will only, it'll never get past a certain point. So it might, it's going to stay the same or very slowly grow. Okay. But when you come to the mm. world outside of that, the side gig world, okay. One idea Mm-mm. multiplied by 50 execution is going to be 50 multiplied by a thousand execution is going to be a thousand. Okay. So what Mm-mm. it tells you is that actually the success, the majority of it becomes from the execution multiple. Okay. It comes straight from that. Yeah, yeah? yeah. And you can have as many ideas as you like, but unless we have that inhuman, crazy, insane amount of energy focused into one, then <laughs> it's going to be hard to get it off the ground. And you know what? Definitely. That's, I could be wrong, but I've just not met anybody yet who's managed to be able to do that. Mm. You, know, you know, on this point, there's something really important here is that a lot of us want the end points with all these projects, right? So the end points of a lot of YouTube or a lot of podcasting, content creation courses, whatever you do, the end point is usually some sort of job that brings in the money, that brings in the PR, that brings in whatever, right? But we forget that in the middle, there's a lot of turning up every single day, churning out the content, putting in the hours and the graft. And I think... If the project, if the idea, if the concept is not authentic to you, if it's not something you want to do, you won't turn up. What you realize quickly is that you don't want to turn up. You want the end point, but you don't want everything that comes in with the package. Um, so I think that's really important to bear in mind here. Do you know what, right? 
people are really mm. interested in passive income it's a bit of a buzzword mm. right and passive income <laughs> in it you know a bit of a buzz phrase <laughs> rather yeah so mm, mm, because mm. it's cool right it's like being able to wake up every day and you know money pours into your bank account when you're, <laughs> you know that's insane right <laughs> but the thing about passive income is it's no there's no such thing really as truly passive income because there's always a little bit of activity yeah. at the start right the only true yeah, passive mm. income is if you're lying in bed and a hundred pounds blows in through the window. Okay. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> gonna happen. You know what I mean? Never going to happen, man. Yeah. Realistically, right? But so many people are looking for passive income and people come, sometimes people come to me and they say, Hey James, how can I make passive income? I'm interested in that. And then I feel like some people have a misconception is that if they just know the right stuff and go to the right places, that there's a few buttons that they can click and then money just generates itself perpetually. But yeah. It's not mm. that simple, right? There are that a few ways crazy, you can yeah. do it. A lot of ways that you can generate passive income. Say you have like stocks or bonds or housing, okay? You'll maybe get like mm. six to eight percent a year, okay? With houses, yeah. okay, with rental yield. Mm. Rental yield is not passive because you have to worry about tenants, mm. you have to worry about estate agents. Bonds are two percent roughly, but that's less than inflation. Stocks are three to four percent. That's also less than inflation. Well, historical inflation is like three, four percent. Okay, so it's roughly that. But what you have to remember is stocks are volatile. They go up and yes. down. You can buy stocks and come back tomorrow. They could be worth half as much. Now the point is that yeah. in the long term they should go up with time go if you up. buy the right things. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. The, yeah. The only real way to make pure pa proper passive income that's going to outpace inflation and have a serious chance of generating your meaningful wealth with time is the business world. It's having a business that you've managed to incorporate with so many systems and hire so many people that has got to the point where it sustains itself. That's your yes. real, that's the real, think, yeah. that's the real place people need to go. Okay. But the thing about it mm, is mm. it's not always easy to get a business off the ground. You have to have that moment of idea, the inspiration, something like that. So no, can, I agree. instead of focusing our energy on how can we find this magical thing called passive income, mm, actually mm. we should be yeah. looking at how we can, create a business because that's really the only realistic way that many people can do it now i'm going to carry yeah. out that for two seconds okay and say that if you're extremely good at trading you can make a lot of money yeah. but that's reserved for like 0.0001 of humanity so really the door that's open for most people is creating some sort of business no, I think I agree. Absolutely. And I saw a tweet where it's like it's very difficult we had this discussion about social media it's do you see so many people making a lot of money with all these investments, you know, they bought certain coins at a certain price and whatever, right? And the tweet was essentially saying true wealth, true generational wealth comes from individuals that have that stable business, right? If it's a cash flow business, even better. But it's the profits you get from your business, you put it into what, blue chips or whatever, stable holdings, the money you make off that, you put it into the outs or whatever. And I think people miss the bit, you need that business or you need that, that cash flow to invest, right? Mm. And I think... They get caught up into this passive income cycle and crypto has has done a lot of good and a lot of bad at the same time, right? <laughs> so the yields in crypto, I'm not even going to talk about it, but it's put people into this warp thing. And like you said, I have a lot of people coming to me and saying, do you know what? How do I get 10 grand a month of crypto? I'm like, mate, I just lost 10 last, you know, last week on a rug pull or whatever, right? So it's social media warps your perception of what it is and it's like everyone wants to do this and they have how do i get this how do i get this and it's the minimal way to get it and like you said nothing's passive like Nothing you need is. to be active you need to read books you need to do x y and z um but yeah how do we change it i think while well, you're doing it you're educating people about the basics of finances financial literacy how it works how money works what is money even mm. um and i think the healthcare community for some reason not in the america other places where i think they're quite savvy with it all if i'm honest but it's just the uk i feel like we're a bit behind with it i think we're stuck at med school dental school for so long you, you're oblivious to this whole world right mm, only mm. when you work and realize shit you know it's not enough it's not enough to live the lifestyle i want to live then mm. you start you know calling up james and be like james how do, how, how do i make passive income? how do i make passive income yeah i think we are definitely oblivious to it until we come out and suddenly you see on the news inflation rising up to nine percent prices are going up but your salary is staying the same um, and then suddenly you start thinking about wait hold on i need to start making more money then don't i um but yeah james so <laughs> it's definitely true definitely true well there's the old saying isn't there what's the quickest way to make a hundred thousand pounds in crypto 
invest one million pounds in crypto <laughs> can you imagine invest one million <laughs> to make a hundred grand you know what i say that somewhat flippantly um and this is coming from someone who loves crypto okay you know what i mean yeah um, but it's it's, mm-hmm. it's humorous at the same time i feel like there is this misconception that it's unbelievably easy actually the door that's open to most dentists to make more money is number mm. one get a better accountant okay because for most dentists they're probably sitting on mm. four or five figures tax saving a year really simple stuff okay you know, wow. mm-hmm. honestly it's nuts i see it every day you know if you're a, if you're a dental mm. associate and you're you're doing well in the private world or you're earning a lot of money privately sometimes i'm talking to mm. people and they're doing extremely well from private dentistry and all of their money is coming into their personal name and in the UK, when you earn over fifty thousand two hundred and seventy pounds, you get taxed at forty-five. Well, forty percent, but plus yeah. national insurance bumps it up to like forty-five. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. that same money, if you were putting it in a limited company, you pay half as much tax. You know what I mean? So yeah, anybody exactly. who's got a higher rate tax, anything, anybody who's earned over fifty thousand two hundred and seventy, okay, and your cumulative wealth over that point means that you've got a five-figure tax bill. You know, maybe twenty thousand pounds tax bill. You could slash that to ten thousand just by having a limited company. Okay, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bananas. Okay, and that's a wage that not it's not unusual that dentists are on. Okay, so the invest. Don't get me wrong. The investing is awesome. It's more what you do with the money when you have it in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we said earlier about patience. Okay, we were talking about patience. I believe I can't remember if that was off camera or on camera. That was a while ago, wasn't it? That was a while ago. I think it was off camera. We yeah, talked about patients off camera. I think, I think that was off camera. So anyway, for uh, people who weren't privy to that conversation, unlike us three, we were just mm. saying about the main reason that you can be successful in investing is if you have patience and you're able to wait over long mm. periods of time. People say five years in the stock market before you can guarantee profits. Depends how you invest. And it's not yeah. always a guarantee. It's only no, extrapolating past data forwards. But anyway, like I say, easiest ways that most dentists can make more money and probably most doctors as well if you guys have bought, I think so yeah you know what any doctor who's listening to this if your nhs pay and your private mm. pay cumulatively is over cumulatively is over fifty thousand two hundred and seventy pounds then you should think about a limited company if your nhs pay is over it then it's a different matter entirely because you yeah. forego your yeah. nhs pension if you do that yeah but if you have some private income and your cumulative private and NHS pay is over 50,270, take the private income, put it in a limited company and you might be onto a huge saving there. Ask your accountant about it because they don't always do their diligence as they should. It takes two seconds to have that flipping conversation. Okay. Two seconds. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> no, bro. Definitely. That's a lot of money in two seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean, right? Yeah. That's, you know, that yeah, conversation, yeah. you can have that conversation and it's, it's a four or five figure saving for lots of people, right? Exactly. That's the first thing dentists can do to make more money just like that. Mm. Yeah. And then the second thing yep. they can do is get better at sales because a lot of dentistry is selling, but do it ethically. Selling is mm. just your ability to describe value. If you're good enough at speaking. You can make anything sound valuable, but you don't want to do that because you've got an ethical responsibility. The problem with it no, is absolutely. that you're, for most dentists, their hard skills are unbelievably good, but conveying that value to the patient is a different matter. So we want their soft skills no. to match their hard skills. And that's why, yep. that's why yeah, dentists can do better for themselves straight away. And you know what? I'd imagine that probably comes into being a private doctor as well, private clinician. I'd imagine there's a little bit of that as well. Two quickest ways like that. Exactly. Amazing. This conversation has been awesome. We've learned so much. We are definitely going to guide everyone to what you're doing, Dents to Invest. You're also launching the Medics one. Um, and I'm sure we can work together and create some awesome content together. This is just the start, guys. Like, you know what? I've had so much fun today. And I'd definitely be welcoming you guys Thank back you. on Dents to Invest podcast because we shot an episode of the week, didn't we? Which we are yeah. doing release. And I've been checking out Peer, your platform as well, which has been <laughs> cool. And I'm on there yeah, thanks, talking about crypto. I've got my crypto yeah. Q&A up there already mm. for anybody yeah. who's interested, wants to learn more about the fundamentals of Bitcoin, how it works, how it's mm. designed to work, not all the nonsense you hear in the newspapers. But yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Any dentists who are listening, dentists who invest on Facebook, feel free to search it, join in the community that I've been speaking about during this podcast. And we also now have medical entrepreneurs 
because yep. so many people who are in the medical world that could benefit from liaising with the dental world, the pharmacology world, yep. all of those worlds mm. coming together to learn how that we can synergize and create side side businesses, side hustles and work together. And I'm super excited for that. That's also on Facebook, Medical Entrepreneurs. No way. Absolute Wicked. pleasure. We're going to link all of that down below. But James, massive thank you for taking the time out. I know you're a busy chap. Um, we hope to catch up soon. And then a massive thank you to our listeners. We'll keep you all um, posted with how things go. But yeah, thank you, James, once again. Guys, thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. I'll see you later. Nice. No